2: Now, who's that voice? Why don't you introduce yourself to the people here?
1: Uh, Coach Jimbo Fisher, Florida State. All right,
2: Jimbo Fisher joining us here on 790 The Ticket here with uh, myself, Ethan Skolnick, Alf Sydney, and Leroy Horde. Uh, we are talking about uh, about weather. Uh, weather's not going to be a problem here for this game, I don't think, on December 30th. You guys are pretty accustomed to the conditions down here.
1: Should, shouldn't be anyway. But, you know, you may get rain, may get wind, but, you know, that's what makes football such an interesting game. It's what makes sports an interesting game. It all It all has an effect. Yeah.
2: Jim, your, your team this year, um, the expectations you came into with mm-hmm. the season, your, your defense improved. It appeared as the season went on. What, mm-hmm. what happened there? What, how, how did that come
1: together? I think the first of all, I think we had some major injuries in the beginning of the year with Derwin James, who's you know maybe one of the most outstanding players in the country. Replacing him and his leadership, and then we got a couple of our big guys hurt. Uh, Derek Noddy, who's a tremendous nose guard, had a really bad ankle for about two and a half, three weeks. Josh Sweat had the knee. Remember, had to go in and get the scope on that as a run player and, and a pass rush guy. And then the emergence of our young players. We were very young on defense, and then you saw the Brian Burns that start to emerge, and Then the Kyle Myers start to come up. You saw even Tavares McFadden, who ended up having a great year in the beginning, first time he'd ever started. You know what I mean? And and the responsibility of playing corner every play. I mean, every play, you know, you're on that island. And he understood that, and he ended up having a tremendous year. And I think we grew as a team, as a unit, got healthy. And I think just understanding the importance of of how you got to play and and fighting, as I call it, fighting for those inches on every play.
2: There's so much talk about your running back, uh, Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook. Should be. There's (laughs) a a lot of talk about how maybe he should be at a certain ceremony as well. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that? And, and is there a story about him that maybe the public hasn't heard that kind of typifies what he's about? I got a great story for you. But, I,
1: no, I don't ever demean any of the other finalists. I mean, they're all very well deserving. But, I mean, I think Dalvin is too. I mean, to me, when you take the body of work that he's did against the opponents he's done it in, and the and the bigger the game, to me, that's when you got to measure players too. We get caught up in numbers. But what is the guy's numbers in the marquee games, in the championship games, in the rivalry games? There's nobody better. I mean, this guy is a tremendous, tremendous football player, and he's, you know, he's added the, the pass catching to his, rep, you know, his repertoire over 500 yards. Can catch the ball in the backfield, can return if you have to, and his balance, his body control. I mean, you talk about his speed, but he breaks tackles. He's a great inside runner, all those things. And I'll tell you a story. Last year we were playing in a game, and we were bringing in Jock Patrick along, and he was really playing good. So we put them both in the backfield in a pony situation. Jock is 230, Dalvin's 208, 26 and we were thinking to lead some lead backs and split backs. But we would check it. So either one, you know, it don't matter. Tailback's running the ball. And we had it set up to where, in the beginning, where Dalvin was getting it and Jacquez was leading. And he went in the game, and Jacquez, just like a typical freshman, you know, been only been three or four games. All right, Dalvin, you no, know, no, I got this guy. You know, and you could just tell the nervousness on his face. And all of a sudden, I see him flip. Dalvin's leading and Jacquez is running. We go down and score a touchdown drive. And I said, guys, I call him over. And we finished the drive and I called him over. And I said, all right, Dalvin, that's great. But I wanted you to run the ball. He (laughs) said, coach, he was getting nervous. He wasn't sure of the blocks. I knew I knew the blocks on both sides. I want him to run it. We'll fix it when we get to the sideline. (laughs) So when you're talking about a guy who's breaking records, going for a first-round draft pick, and all of a sudden he says, you know something, I'll go block for you, the true freshman. Mm -hmm. To me, that says everything about him, the selflessness and the team player that he is.
0: Now, one of the things that – I gotta imagine, you know, when this year started is the uncertainty of your young guys and when you have to go to them. I mean, how terrifying is that? It's like, you know, at some point they're going to be able to play and you hope you have a chance to groom them and give them an opportunity to get their feet wet. And maybe, you know, those first three games, get them some time at the end of the games. And then all of a sudden somebody gets hurt. You got to go go play.
1: You know, and sometimes maybe for a coach that's the best way because if we always, it's like walking on ice. You keep walking out to the ice breaks. Right. You never want to go till you fall in. Well, sometimes as a coach, you got to get forced to fall in. You know right. what I mean? And you do it. So it is terrifying in that regard. It, it very much because people don't realize we only had nine seniors on this whole team, mm-hmm. and yes. really only five that played a huge role. So from that standpoint, but you know, as a coach, you do. You want to. You want. It's like when your kids do something. You know, at home, you want it to be perfect the first time so they enjoy it, they get confidence. And as a coach, you try because I think it's very important to build confidence early. And like you say, putting them in the right situation at the right time when they're really ready for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to throw them in and so say swim.
0: <laughs> We're joined by
2: Jimbo Fisher here at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino here in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to ask, going into this game now, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the season's coming down to an end. Yep. What are you looking for? In this game, from your young guys, going into next year, what what about this game are you looking forward to? You know, to? I think the thing about
1: college football is very unique. Because we all talk about well, you want to be playing well at the end of the season, like in pro football, so you carry that momentum into the playoffs. Well, that's great, and, and you want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year, there's no doubt. You develop an identity, who you are, what's going on. But all of a sudden in college football, we say, whoa, we're going to wait one month and then play. Right. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So from a standpoint, we have so many young, talented players, and I think we have a chance to be – one of the, the really good teams in this country for a while. I really do. The way we're recruiting and the young players we have. So I think the art of preparing for a bowl game, of how to prepare yourself, how to pace yourself, and actually get better from the last game of the year until this bowl game, and understand that there's a time where i got to almost treat it like a spring practice where I'm getting better half of it, and then I learn to go in my game plan mode and change. And I think it's another step. And the evolution of understanding because when you do, if you're fortunate enough to get in that playoff you got to wait 30 days and then you're back in a routine where you got yeah. you know a seven to 10 day layoff yeah. but there's an art to really getting guys ready to play in a bowl game and I think the mindset of players not to just endure practice but to get better in practice in this next month and then go play the bowl game.
0: Now when when I was in college we used to have those practices at like nine at night because we had <laughs> exams. exams and uh-huh. stuff like that so it got frustrating. That, no that, you know, you're going to class, you're preparing, and then you're going to practice at 8, 9 at night. How is that different now? Or you just try to build them up to that point to the game? I think last,
1: when you played, I believe you almost practiced the whole month. We yeah. give our guys off. We give them a week off the season, and then right now we're conditioning. And what we're going to do, we're going to practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday. exam start Monday. Okay. We're going to practice Friday and have three uh, springtime practices. Half-line run, trade drill, one-on-ones. You know, go back to basic football and get better. Then we're going to give them three days off for exams, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. then they'll finish up on Thursday and Friday. But it's just about 15 or 20 guys that finish at the end of the week. And we're going to have a night practice, but it's not going to affect exams. So the main parts of exams, we're blocking that out so they can be totally on academics and have that all over there. And then we'll have... Uh, Six game plan practices there, then break, and then come down and have a normal week practice here.
2: Last one here for Jimbo Fisher. We appreciate you taking the time and and sitting down with us here at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Uh, The playoff. Now, we've been a few years with this. It's worked out for you pretty well. Um, Do you like the four-team format, or are you a proponent of going to eight?
1: It's going to go to eight. I mean, it's inevitable, I think, because of the money and, and the thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit off on this. I'm, I don't dislike the playoff. But here's one of the things I like, which I'm excited about this bowl game, which I think this year's bowl games, the New Year's Six Bowl games, yes. I think there's some great – they're almost as good of matchups as there are in the playoffs. We were they're just really, talking about that. And yeah. I think that's one of the things about college football that I think is very important that we don't lose. The great history of football and that, you know, all the other sports, there's only one team happy to end Football, when you're building these programs, a lot of these programs that got built on bowl games and going to a game and winning a game and going into the offseason with a positive smile on your face and the importance of winning the Orange Bowl or the importance of now the Rose Bowl is not in the new, you know, in the final. Those, All those bowl games matter. And the one thing about this playoff, we're so en- enamored by the playoff, 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 mm-hmm. that we're forgetting about this other part of college football that I think is one of the things that makes it very unique and one of the great things about it and the history of these bowl games. And I'm a historian of the game. I love the history of the game, and and I respect that. And I and I hope the playoff is very important, whether we go to four, or eight, or whatever it is. But I do not want to disregard or really, and as I say, devalue. What the Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar—the bowls that aren't in the playoff system—I hope we do not do that. And I still that we respect and keep these great matchups. And I think that's one of the things that makes college football unique.
2: It's Coach Jimbo Fisher, Florida State Seminoles. Again, the game here is on December 30th. Um, everybody's out here at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Thank you, sir, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Coach. Great to
1: be with you guys. Thank it's, you
2: very much. All right. Y'all um, have a merry Christmas. Right, you you too, too. You too. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy